0: Thank you. Some people will have heard that term lots and be familiar with what it is, what it means, and they know they are one. And other people won't know what that means. And for those people, predominantly, can you just quickly give
1: us a lowdown on on what one is? Yep. So for the people that do know that they're an empath Mm -hmm. and know what that is, they will know it that... They sense the energies of people, even of their pets, of places. They, it's it's kind of like they just have this intuitive gut feeling, gut knowing um, that that someone's not well, or that someone's angry, or someone's got something going on, or that in the space that they're in, that they're, that something happened, um, or what is like what goes down in that space, um, how their animals are feeling—it's really varying. Like mm-hmm. I'm an I'm a strong empath, but I don't do the animal thing. I just, I have no idea what an animal is thinking and feeling, but I have it very strongly with humans and spaces. So it's not all like just because you're an empath, you've got all of that. For some people, it's stronger than others in certain areas. And when we pick up on those energies, we don't sometimes know that we are and we it can affect us and it can change us. And then we start to move out of our alignment. We start to become more unlike ourselves. So we might think different thoughts. We might feel different things. We might actually feel sad when we're with someone who's sad and it's not our sadness. You're taking on the other person's emotions. It's like we adopt it. Okay. Uh, And we can also do that with illnesses. So, um, I can be standing next to someone and I suddenly get a really sharp pain in my knee or something. And I, and then they'll start walking and they've got like a limp or something, you know, it's, um, it can also occur that way too in terms of uh, illnesses and disease within people's body. Um, if someone's got a headache, I can usually tell if they've got a headache because I get a somewhat of a remnant of a headache and I know it's not mine. Um, mm-hmm. So there's the feelings and there's the thoughts and there's just the energy, the overall sense of of, of um, being aware of, of that it's there for some people.
0: It just makes me wonder, the way you're describing that just describes psychic abilities to me so how does psychic abilities differ to the empath is an empath a psychic person absolutely an empath is and so what's the difference then between the two well everyone's
1: a psychic so everyone has those psychic abilities but an empath when their abilities are uh, like awake, a little bit more active, and, and their, their, their abilities are focused around healing. So their purpose for their abilities okay. is healing. Right. And okay. so if you're an empath and you know you are, then you need to be responsible with that because otherwise you're harming others and harming yourself because you're inappropriately and irresponsibly um, healing. And so for example, you uh, might have a friend and every time you're with that friend, they just offload their problems. It's just like, blah, blah, blah. And it's just so negative and draining. And so even though you love your friend, when you come away from them, they've taken their toll on you. Mm -hmm. You in effect would be the empath in the situation and the way to make, and, and your friend would have walked away feeling so much better because they were with you you listen you give great advice sage advice that you know allows them to walk away feeling better because they offloaded Mm -hmm. but what you've done in a sense is healed them from their suffering in that moment but now you're suffering yeah to your own detriment exactly sure and it's false healing Because all you're doing is holding the vibration of the energy that they don't like. You're holding it for them. And you're not healing the reason for it being caused. So they're just going to walk off. And no doubt the next day, they're going to be in exactly the same position again. That's why they're always the friend that offloads. Mm -hmm. That's why shit follows them. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you might have friends or family members who are sick and they're just always sick, you know, one thing after the other and they're just in this mess of sickness and they can't get results, they can't get diagnosis, they they just can't figure out what it is and they kind of have a whole host of stuff going on and to to be someone who sits next to them, And listening to them, they're just caught up in their own vibration. And so someone that is just an empath that isn't necessarily aware that they're an empath, they're going to go there and they're going to feel terrible when they've left that person. And the person that they've left is not necessarily going to feel better either because they're so low. Because we can't heal that that person. And so just taking away some of their low vibration and their suffering vibration and holding it for them to make them feel better is not going to work in that instance. So what usually happens is we as the friend don't see those people anymore. We limit our... our uh, it, interaction and our contact with them because they are too much sure it's a boundary that you exactly whether you know it or not exactly yeah okay yeah and and people just think okay well I just can't do it anymore they're too draining Uh, they they don't want to help themselves or whatever and you start thinking those processes but really what it's down to is that those interactions is you're an empath and you, you feel called in this intrinsic innate level to help these people and it hurts you that you can't help them Mm-hmm. So then you're suffering within yourself because you're you're not achieving what you somehow know that you need to like you just feel the urge to mm-hmm. and you're also hurting yourself because you're also going to be absorbing whatever that other person has available for free to just give away and those people generally do have a lot of free energy out for out for dibs <laughs> so it's really crucial that people who are feeling any kind of um if any of this sounds familiar to people and they've not really heard the word empath before or that they have heard the word empath before but are thinking oh that sounds like me I feel like that or I've got people in my life that I I just attract the drama like I've got always the people with the issues even strangers like I'm always the one in -hmm. the middle of the drama it's because you're an empath and so you are like moth to the flame or they are like the moth to the flame and you're the flame
0: or you might be out there really liking a project to fix someone exactly
1: yeah there can be people like that and that's dangerous it's really dangerous because that's how we um can self-sabotage ourselves as well so people like that usually have a tendency to Mm self-sabotage because there's not a guarantee that they're going to be able to heal those people but <clears throat> excuse me they <laughs> will want to do it anyway and then that will be their own sense of self-worth as an achievement and success and if they can't achieve it then they'll feel bad and they'll make it about themselves that's a whole different a whole different kettle of fish i guess sure but that's why it's really important as an empath to understand uh what it is first of all how to be responsible with it because Ultimately, you have the blueprint of a healer, which means that in your human experience, in every human experience that you have, in all of your incarnations, you are going to only ever feel fulfilled when you achieve that level of healer. Whether it is through doctor, nursing, chiropractor, psychiatrist, social worker, hairdresser, masseuse, you know, they're all versions of healers. And as long as you're fulfilling that, whether it's also in a career in a professional uh, space or whether it's in voluntary, you know, you might do volunteering at a shelter or, you know, however you can volunteer, you might specifically work with children. You, in all different ways, you can fulfill that. It doesn't have to be this way of making money, but as long as you're fulfilling that part of your soul that needs to be fulfilled, you know I meet a lot of clients who are in their late 40s and 50s and they've had a career and it's been on the outskirts like on the perimeter of being a healer they've kind of been the cleric at the hospital Mm. or the cleric at the clinic down the road um, or they've been the receptionist at the hairdressers and things like that and it's like the universe has got them so close and they're in the environment that they need to be in but at 40 and 50 they just say what am I doing I'm really not fulfilled and I want to help people then they'll go back to university or they'll go to TAFE or they'll go to college and they'll get the certificates that they need to be able to then serve because they're at that age where they're realizing that they're not fulfilled and that it is just a job and if they've got another 20 or so years of it looking looking at another 20 years or so that they're going to have to find some sort of fulfillment sure and really they're just empaths yeah and so the the responsibility of it is crucial as well because as a healer you have that responsibility whether you like it or not with your energy and other people's energy. So as an energy healer, I don't do it anymore, but as an energy healer, if people come into this room, for me to work with their energy, my energy has to be primo. Like it has to be level. It has to be clear. It has to be cleansed. It has to be, um, I have to know what it's doing, Otherwise, I'm, it's not responsible for me to then go into other people's energy because yeah, sure. it's a transmission.
0: Yeah. So you need to know what it's doing. Exactly. How I also, it's doing it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I also need to know what's my baseline. Yeah. Before I go to do energy healing today, do I have a headache? Do I have period pain? Do I have aching, tired legs? Do I have a toothache? You know, do I need to go and get my scripts redone for my glasses? Because then, when I'm working with their energy, I know that my body, being the psychic that the kind of psychic that I am and the kind of energy healer that I am, my body will feel and I will see in my mind's eye where the ailments are in people's body and it's the density of energy. Uh, And then spirit will tell me what it is. So it's a combination of my abilities when I do my energy healing. But if I didn't know where mine was at, then how do I know that it's not mine and that it's theirs and how do I know that it's not theirs and and how do I know that the transference isn't going the other way? Like there is so much to think about when there's energy sure at is. play. So if you're coming into people's spaces and you're an empath and you're just feeling drained and tired all the time of other people's shit, first of all, you need to make sure that you're cleansing your energy every day to make sure that you're not holding onto people's shit and then you need to make sure that you're putting boundaries up to protect your energy, so that you're not holding onto other people's shit, but you can still recognise it. Sure. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. So you've got to know yourself, and then you've got to be familiar with what to do to help serve yourself
1: exactly, and then
0: in turn serve others exactly. Sure. That's so we did... exactly number fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> we touched on um, cleansing, grounding, protecting in our energy protection one hundred and one. Yeah. So building on from that.
1: Yeah. So with empaths, uh, if you want to serve as a healer and if you want to really help people, because that's ultimately what we all feel that we want, we just want to help people and create a change for people if they need it. You know, it's not to help people and create change when we judge that they need it. It's when they need it. Um, if if, If you think about... Realizing that from a grander perspective that your soul's job is to heal other people, then don't you want to do the best job you can? And don't you want to do it um, the best way as well? And and once and for all, like you don't want to have to just do it once and then six weeks later they're back again because you didn't do it properly. Uh, So when it comes down to cleansing, grounding and protection, as an empath, If you can think about going out. So just imagine yourself, everyone that's listening and you, Laura, go outside and go amongst your day. You've got your kids in the morning, your husband, your wife, whoever it is that's in your home that you interact with. Then you maybe transport to work. Then you're at work and then you transport home from work. And then maybe you go out for drinks or dinner and, and all of the people and the places that you encounter throughout your day. If you can imagine your energy being outside of you, and everyone else's energy is outside of them. Plus there's energy in room and space that is sort of um, like dregs leftover of of stuff that's happened there as well as the people that were just in there. So everywhere you go, your energy is open and it's susceptible to holding on to and being stained or um, polluted by other low vibrations, and even high vibrations, but we're just talking about low vibrations for this one. When you go to sleep at night, if you don't consciously and intentionally intentionally as an empath cleanse that day, that energy that's not yours, then what happens is your when you sleep, your subconscious comes in and your conscious mind checks out, your higher self comes down and they chat. And they have a chat about what it is that you've picked up for today. And your higher self knows what's your energy and what's not. And it can digest and um, metabolize your energy for what's your, for your highest good, your experiences, your emotions and thoughts, but it can't metabolize and digest others. So for an empath, first of all, usually there's some pretty funky dreams at this point in time. Because it's not your stuff that you're dreaming. Stuff won't make sense. It'll be like a patchwork quilt of like, what the hell was that? And it's one of those dreams that you ring your best friend and just go, oh, my God, you should do my dream last night. (laughs) It's like me every second night. (laughs) (laughs) And so the dream's inside the dreams. Yeah. Um, And so when we do that, the universe has to put, or your higher self has to put that energy somewhere because it's energy. It exists. You can't just go, yeah, that's not her zap, 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 (laughs) And it's gone and it's non-existent. It still exists. And you've chosen with an intention of some sort to hold that. And so what they do is they put it in what I call the spare room. Mm. And that spare room is just a, a, a space inside your aura and sometimes even your physical body that inhabits excess energy that does not belong to you. So it's foreign and toxic energy to you. The more of the foreign and toxic energy that you pick up, the, the heavier the vibration, which means the, the, the lower the, the vibration of the frequency of that spare room. And eventually it will physically manifest because everything is just an energy manifested. So when it physically manifested, that's when we get sick. For empaths, they usually get sick via headaches, mental health, autoimmune and, and fatigue, like adrenal issues. Uh, Sometimes they also have circulation and blood disorders. So they're usually the sign of when I have a client come in or if I have a friend or a family member who is not complaining but mentioning that they have these kinds of things going on. I'll just have a quick chat to them and just say, hey, have you thought about this and maybe try this? And usually it registers with them because they're like, oh my God, like it would be so good to not have to deal with everyone else's shit. And I feel like I'm the one that hears everyone's problems and everyone comes to me for advice. And I don't know why, but they just take, 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 take. And so it kind of makes sense to them and it gives them almost like permission um, to just go, right, I don't have to do that because it's not good for me. And there is a reason why I feel this way. That's not something that I'm doing, which is why most of the time these people will go to the doctors and the doctor struggles to find what's wrong with them. Yeah. Well, they're just unconsciously, aren't they? They're
0: unconsciously absorbing everyone else's shit. Exactly. And um, hopefully there's some heads nodding out there and now we can learn how to consciously empty that shit and become an empowered
1: empath. Yay! (laughs) So in the shower every night and every morning. So as an empath, you should shower morning and night. But uh, if you have to have a choice out of both, I would choose night over morning. Why? Because we want to wash away our day before we go to sleep. So it's the cleansing. It's the cleansing. Sure. So jump in the shower and the first thing I want you to do is just imagine that water running down your body, washing away the energy that is not yours. Now, it's crucial that we say it out loud, wash away what's not mine. Why do you have to say it out loud? Uh, Because it's an energetic frequency when we say it. So it enhances and invokes the intention. Makes it more. It's actionable, okay, great. Because it's a visual that we're that we are visualizing this water, and yes, the water is running down our body, and yes, water is a cleanser. So it's it's going to do it. You know, in um, like in science. In a science sense, it's doing it anyway. But when it comes to the energy associated with that cleanse, you need to tell the universe what you're you're intentionally cleansing. Now, you don't need to say, I'm cleansing away my mother today. I'm cleansing away the lady at work that annoys the shit out of me. I'm cleansing away the stinky guy on the train. You know, like I'm cleansing certain things. You don't have to be aware of what it is. You just have to tell the universe that you are consciously connecting and intentionally choosing to acknowledge that in your energy system you would have picked up stuff that's not yours and you don't want it anymore. Yep. The universe can only hear you when you speak and, so we ne- and the universe needs elements, key elements to make things happen. It needs visual, it needs feeling, it needs thought, and it needs action. And so as long as you've got those four elements towards something, then the universe will hear you. Okay, so the four elements again? Uh, Feel it, think it, see it, and do it. Okay, great. Uh, So in the shower, wash away what's not mine and just take your time. You know, if you're someone who just likes to stand under that water for 10 minutes and just let it run over you, then great, like do that. But for me, I wish I could do that, but time poor and water sensitive. So um, it's just straight away, I'm very... um, very what's the word um efficient with it and it's just wash away what's not mine and I almost do it like I, I visualize undressing out of a costume like a onesie that goes over my entire body and so I imagine the water just washing away that onesie and it just drops to the floor and gets taken down the sink great uh so that's the cleansing and then we can say also uh and wash away what no longer serves me Yes, because sometimes when um, when we when we come into contact with other people, sometimes as an empath, what we carry, we resonate with because it's familiar to us because we've experienced it. So we might be having conversations with people that are going through what we're going through or we've been through what they've gone through before. So it will wake things up. It will, you
0: feel it for them, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: because it's it's on that level. You've got compassion and empathy for them because you associate with it on a different level. So knowing that you've got some free, radical, stagnant energy that's woken up now as well, we just want to give a quick nod to that too for ourselves to say, just wash away what no longer serves me. Mm -hmm. So cleansing that every day is going to make sure that when you go to bed and have a sleep at night, that when your higher self comes down, your subconscious comes in, your conscious mind checks out and they have a look, they're like, good job great, we can be really efficient with what's yours now. So that's when we have the potential to have visitation dreams. It's when we have the potential to have prophetic dreams. It's when we have the potential to have premonition and pre-cog type dreams. It's when we have the potential also to have our physical body restore how it should every night as a human body to go to bed because our higher self and our subconscious mind can get to work with the things that are necessary for our physical body. Yeah. And, and, and getting to the pockets within us that's holding energy that might be getting dense and heavy and going to start manifesting. Yeah, you've got room for it now. Exactly. So it's prioritizing okay. yourself. And then from that space, you will start to feel better. You will mm-hmm. think clearer. You will have better sleeps. That's for certain you'll be vibrating higher, which means you'll be not, it won't be so hard to um, reach for the good foods in the morning rather than the, the high sugar breakfasts and things like that. Um, it'll be easier to reach for, uh, decaf or whatever, because you're not so like, Oh, I need caffeine to wake up because you're vibrating higher. Um and then at nighttime too if you have a shower like as soon as you get home before you have that glass of wine or whatever you like to have or that beer you're less like you're less likely to drink more as well if you have your shower beforehand because what you're trying to deal with won't be there anymore oh, almost yeah okay at, at the yep. same level it won't be as loud
0: hmm
1: you might have
0: that glass of wine for different reasons.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Well, for your own reasons rather than for other people's reasons. It's like carrying Mm. the weight of the world on your shoulders. Mm. It's like using that analogy. It's kind of like that's exactly what we do as an empath. We carry the weight of the world on our shoulders and we need to take that off every day. Mm.
0: So what about during the day? It's cool to cleanse at the end of the day. Yeah. What about during the day? You've just had a heavy communication with somebody you know what can you do straight after that if you're feeling a bit crap
1: so my advice is to to think more about what you do before the conversation as opposed to after the conversation sure prevention is key yes love it so if you know that you're going to be triggered by certain people at work for example or in your day with your family or wherever but if you know that you're walking into an environment that you can pretty much predict that there's going to be something that's going to make you feel a bit funny that day. It's about uh, prep over recovery. And that's what I do with everything that I do. So I don't focus on my recovery for a spirit session or a live event. I focus on the prep and then I don't have to think about the recovery. Absolutely, it's very minimal.
0: Yes. Good point. Yes. As usual.
1: Yes. of course, Full of good points. <laughs> she so, gets extra help. <laughs> it's Cheater. kind of not fair, isn't it? My own team. Uh, so the prep for that, the fact that you're cleansed, is good because you're clear and clean, which means you've got more tolerance for starters. And it means that you've got more energy available to, uh, stay high vibrational and not, not take it personal sometimes, but also come up with uh, more creative ways to deal with situations when we're not so weight of the world on our shoulders. We, it opens us up for some more creativity So we're able to think about strategies and and strategically to be able to avoid certain people or whatever. But one really good thing to do, if you're going to be one of those people that has the shower in the morning as well, a really great thing to do is there's two things you could do. One, while you're in the shower, which is, this is what I do. Um, I just imagine the water just before I'm getting out of the water that's coming down on me then is, is putting my onesie on, like it's coating me in a white light onesie. Mm -hmm. So it's my protection onesie that's only going to allow that, which is for my highest good to enter. So I can stay and remain compassionate at work or with my family or wherever I'm going. And I can understand and read the energy still, except I'm putting up this protection that just says, but if I hold it, then I'm compromised and I can't do my job properly. So I'm not going to hold it. I'm going to acknowledge it and recognize it, but it's going to stay outside the onesie yeah and then when you get out of the shower you can step into uh, white light so you can step into a pyramid of white light or a sphere of white light depending on what you want to yes, do. Yes, you did speak about that in energy protection yeah yep and then there's crystals too so uh, crystals are amazing for uh, personal protection uh, during heavy conversations or during uh, personality you know driven you know, Um, battles or places where we feel a little bit uncomfortable or like we're almost going to compromise ourselves. Uh, So you can carry them in your pocket. You can carry them in your bra. You can wear them in jewelry around your neck is uh, a really effective way to wear crystals for protection uh, when it comes to people, because it's really close to your throat chakra and it's really close to your heart chakra. Mm. And so as a healer, we work from our heart center Uh, and it's going to help us remember who we are and almost like to take the high high road or to sit back and remember why this person is here for us. There will be a reason why they're here for us, but why are we here for them? Obviously, the universe has positioned them next to us because we are the healer they need. And so if we can be reminded that this is happening for them as much as it's happening for us, that helps us get a little bit more tolerance and a little bit more patience. Sure. It's your perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's also close to your throat chakra, which means that you're going to be able to want to express your boundaries much clearer and quicker without as much problem. So you can say you know that's not okay with me or you can speak your truth uh you can tell someone to shut it because you know what they're saying is offensive or you can tell someone to back off you know like if you've got these crystals that are close to your throat chakra and your heart chakra what's coming out of you will be much higher frequency higher vibe which is going to sit better for you and in turn going to be better for them okay that makes sense because so. you got to remember you're the light in the situation and they're the moth. So why are they coming to you? They're coming to you because they feel like shit. In some, there's something about them that they're, that they're in fear with, they're not happy about. You're the light in this case. So you're the one who's got to be the light. So you've got to lead by example. Yeah. Yep. Um, so
0: what are some of the crystals?
1: Yeah. So you can use smoky quartz. You can use obsidian, black obsidian. Uh, you can use tiger's eye. Uh they're probably the better ones I feel uh you can use uh selenite as well for space because selenite is a harmonizer so if you share an office with people then you could put a big fuck off tower of selenite <laughs> in the middle of the room if you could oh my it. gosh you can all dance around it um, <laughs> but you Calf can your put, seats out of it yeah you can put some selenite towers around and that will help harmonize the energy in the space so then every time everyone comes back into that communal space the energy the negative energy is neutralized and the positive energy is neutralized too because you know those you know when you get um really 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 happy people And they can be as annoying as the fucktard in the corner that's that's had the shits for the last 20 years. You know, those really, really happy people that you're just like, come on. Like, what drugs do you you. take to make you that happy? Yeah, for sure. Like, they can be equally as, as, uh, like, they're they're on the extremes. Irritating. Exactly. Yes. So selenite is great for that it's great for merging all the energies in one so everyone kind of reaches this beautiful equilibrium okay great yeah
0: that sounds like a great one Hmm.
1: so smoky quartz in the pocket black tourmaline in the pocket Obsidian, there's heaps of jewelry with obsidian, so you could get uh, like a, a nice chunk of it for your neck, tiger's eye on your neck as well. Um, wearing it in your bra is really close to your heart chakra as well, so that would help too.
0: Just remember when you're about to jump in your shower and cleanse to ding, take ding, them ding, out ding, of ding. your bra. <laughs> there's so many times I've taken my bra off and they clunk on the floor mm-hmm. and bounce and chip. Yep. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's it's the same fun. with the pockets. When you pull your pants down, you go to the yes. toilet and they fall out. It's like, oh. Or at
0: work, I've gotten changed and thrown some in the linen skip and away oh, they've gone. no. Yeah.
1: Well, well, they needed to go where they were going. Someone was going to find them. <laughs> they need cleansing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Industrial laundry.
1: You weren't looking after them. I and they know. were just like, fuck this, I'm going to you the don't washing.
0: deserve <laughs> me. I've worked too hard today. It's probably what they're saying.
1: Take me to the laundry mat. <laughs>
0: I digress.
1: <laughs> I need to be sterilized. I know. That's what, just get away. Yeah. All right. Cool. So it's really important too, though, to understand that as an empath, almost always your children will have some awareness of being an empath as well. And so this is, this gets quite controversial, but hey, what's an episode without me saying that? Oh God, every
0: time she says that part of me dies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now what? (laughs) Well, it's a matter of, um, I I have a, a lot of people talk about children being diagnosed with mood disorders and anxiety and all these uh, amazing labels. Mm-hmm. Now, labels can be super effective for children. I understand that. And, I, and I'm and i not saying this in terms of um, being uneducated with this because I am. But what I really want to focus on specifically is that a lot of the time, the children that have the anxiety and the issues with sleeping and the mood disorders or mood issues and problems – a lot of the time they are sensory exactly good point yes they are empaths and they're just it's just too much energy for their little beings and their little consciousness their little awareness their little processor they can't communicate it either Mm. and my my feeling has always been that I wish that there could be a process where you know a lot of parents do embrace alternative therapies before they go and see a traditional mainstream sure. doctor, yeah, for their children. And sometimes uh, it can be it can lead them into the correct avenues to see some results that are fantastic for their children without too much intervention. However, the ones that go to the GP first, and I know they're concerned. I mean, hell, I did it. I did it with Luca when I was when he was really little. Uh, so it, it just comes out of concern and worry and wanting to get answers. But I, I would really love doctors, GPs to embrace the thought of energy and empaths prior to starting to throw out these big words to parents who then go home and Google every single possible cure, every single possible alternative therapy and every single possible diet that can control it or something they can do to then start manipulating um, the the journey for their child. And it only comes from the greatest good. It only comes from pure intention. Of course. However... I truly believe that a lot of the time, a lot of children, when if we sat down with them when we were able to explain this to them and all it needs to be is a conversation, you, a lot of the time you see them respond. You see them go, I clocked that. Like I just clocked that. I, that made sense. And children are the best because they love crystals. <laughs> Boys, they love energy shields and force fields. So and they love having a shower and washing away my day, and and love dancing away the the, the sillies and all of that. They love that stuff, and it's playful. Mm-hmm. And so they're really responsive too to those kinds of things, and it's very simple. And most of the time, when they do do this, they they start. The first thing that you'll see is they'll start sleeping better, which improves everything. Once we get a child's sleep improved, it improves everything. And doctors will say the same thing. Sure. Child psychologists, anyone that works with children will say the same thing, that if they've got all these different problems, the first problem that they usually address is their sleep and how they can manage sleep. And that might be dietary related as well. But what about energy? Why don't, why don't doctors talk about this? Because it is so real.
0: Absolutely. Um, and that's, it's a good point. And hopefully one day we will see things that are a bit more integrated I hope so and a bit more um acceptable I'm sure we're moving towards it slowly slowly but yeah it's harmless to have that chat it's harmless it's like conversation to have these thoughts it's harmless to see different views yep. different options you know so you, you don't want
1: to self-prophesize like you don't want to at add- six years old, seven years old, 10 years old, be sitting in the doctor's surgery and you hear the doctor say, oh, you have anxiety for the rest of your life. That's going to be something that impacts the way you live. You're going to have to recover from that somehow along the way or you're going to live with that and manage it. And it might not necessarily be a label that, needs to stick on you. Might not. Hmm. It's worth thinking about.
0: It's worth opening your mind up about enough to entertain other options and thoughts.
1: Yep. I know, like, I've seen it happen with all three of my children. You know, like, I don't – I practice what I preach. So um, when we took Luca, when he was three – to the doctors because he had his first patch. So for those of you who are listening who don't know, my 12-year-old son, Luca, has alopecia universalis. So the type of alopecia he has is the one where he has no hair on his entire body, no eyelashes, no eyebrows, nothing, nada. Smooth as a baby's butt. <laughs> um, and when he was three, he we noticed that he had his first patch and we took him to the doctors and they said it's alopecia areata, don't worry, most kids grow out of it. Then when he was five, more patches came and it was clear that it was getting worse, but he was also getting, uh, symptomatic in terms of huge swollen belly pains, diarrhea, uh, not sleeping properly, hyperactivity, uh, almost like attention deficit it it was kind of a whole host of symptoms and so we were at the children's hospital and he was being tested for celiac disease because they thought that the hair falling out might actually be from celiac disease because of the lack of nutrients being absorbed by the gut so we had to take him through the entire testing for um the celiac disease. We did tissue typing. We did all of that. And it came back negative. He just had a gluten sensitivity and a dairy sensitivity. So then I went on the whole journey of diet and, and going down dairy free, gluten free. And then, then was like, well, wow, I think I'm actually might be gluten sensitive and dairy sensitive. So then went on my journey of doing that. (laughs) Meanwhile, completely missing the fact that these diagnoses that were were preventing Luca from enjoying a lot of his childhood, being able to eat what everyone eats and drink what everyone drinks and do what everyone does because he was so restricted with his diet that I had imposed on him thinking that I was doing the right thing. It did fuck all in the end because by the time he was 10, he was hairless and he lost all of his hair and it was done. And, he was miserable. He was depressed. He was sad. He 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 was awful, and he wasn't well. He just was not well. He was sick all the time. Always had chest infections and just body aches and pains. Complete insomniac. And knowing that he is like me, I I will never like. I have forgiven myself, but, and I have accepted it. But it's still a sore spot. It's still a bit of a bruise. And I think that that's just because I'm a mum and that that's normal. But I just sit back and I think, what if Mm. I had have known to do back in the beginning what I know to do now? And I wonder if that would have changed the course. I believe we're all where we are when we're meant to be there, but how we get there is up to us. And for my child, I chose how he got there. He didn't. It's, it's been my responsibility as to how he got where he got now. And I can't take that back. So be, with an empath, with empath children and empath parents, I ask people to just consider it, try it and just see, because it doesn't cost anything it doesn't hurt, it makes them happy usually, it's fun and there's nothing that you have to take back. There is nothing you can regret from that, nothing, nothing at all. But yet it could be life-changing.
0: Absolutely. Where would you recommend that people start or begin or look at?
1: Yeah. So together with your child, depending on how old your child is, but together have morning and night rituals. So more more so the night rituals for the children than the mornings, because it's a bit hard in the mornings with the kids. But in the night, just teach them to jump in the shower and wash away what's not mine and wash away what I don't need anymore. And just get them in the habit of recognizing that they've got this energy suit that they're wearing every day and that they, that they don't want to go to sleep with the energy that they got today because then they're not going to have really cool dreams. And then when they wake up in the morning, ask them to zip themselves up in their onesie of protection or, you know, for the boys or the girls, activate your force field of protection that how do you feel today? Do you, do you feel great? And if you feel great, then put up that force field and make sure that no one else can make you feel anything but, but great today and that you can still be the bestest friend, that you can still be there for people that need you and you can still understand what you need to understand, but it doesn't need to become, it doesn't need to wreck your, your mood, your happiness. So just giving them that understanding and that concept of what's theirs and that they, that they are allowed to protect what's theirs and that they can put up these boundaries and that it's healthy to do so and getting them to express it. So coming home from school and just saying, so who did you play with today is a great question to start with. And they might say, Harry and Tom. And you will say, okay, so this morning, you said that you were feeling really excited today to to see the boys at recess and lunch or whatever, have a canteen order. How do you feel today after playing with Harry and Tom? And just get them to start thinking about who they interact with and how they feel with those people. Because that doesn't mean Harry and Tom can't be their friends if all of a sudden he's feeling cranky because Harry and Tom didn't play with him today. It just means that when he's with them, he has to be aware of the fact that they have the ability to change how he feels very easily. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the awareness. The awareness. It's just awareness. Tools, how to. Of course. And then crystals. Girls and boys love crystals. The boys usually like the sparkly ones, which don't really do much for them, but. If you can say, okay, well, you can have this one and I'll let you have these three of the sparkly ones, but you've got to have this one if you have those three. Uh, Also, if they've got a bed that has an underbed that you have access to, you can line crystals up underneath them. So if they're having a tough time communicating, you can put some blue crystals. Blue lace agate is a great one under where their throat would be, their neck would be as they're sleeping. If you can sneak it under their pillow or under their mattress. Mm -hmm. Uh, if they've got, um, some issues with friendships and, uh, they're kind of feeling like they're a bit of a loner or they're feeling isolated, then that root chakra and that heart chakra could really use some love. So just get some red crystals and the dark ones and stick them where their, um, their lower back area would be and stick it where their chest area would be with the green and the pink crystals. Mm -hmm. Um, if they're feeling like they're, if you're recognizing, especially for the older children, if you're recognizing that, that they kind of are losing themselves or maybe they don't know their, their place yet and they don't really know their own identity, their own self yet, then that's their solar plexus, which is their yellow chakra. And we want to sort of do a little bit of subtle work with that and put yellow crystals in there, which, which will help them understand who they are authentically and give them the courage to be themselves and not just be wishy-washy and become who they need to become to just be liked. Mm-hmm so for children it is really um it's a really beautiful process for them as empaths and and it's fun and it's effective it's cheap it's going to cost you some crystals maybe which these days are so affordable and easy and it's fun because they can choose them Mm. and if you teach them how to choose the right crystals that's fun too because they can hold their hands over them and they'll feel the warmth or they'll just be really attracted to one and it's just a bonding experience too yep provides support and yeah
0: And if you,
1: if you can also communicate yours to them. So you might say in the morning, if you're together on the way to school in the car or just eating breakfast together or whatever, how's your energy today? What color is it? You can talk in colors if you want. What song is it? You can talk in songs, you know, what character would it be? Like whatever your kid's into, you can find a way to make it relatable to them. Sure. But you can also tell them yours. So you're just yep. like, today I'm feeling a little bit like Minnie Mouse. I'm feeling cute and playful. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, when you're saying to them, how do you feel today? And they say, I feel the same. Cool. Who did you hang out with today that that also felt like that, that, that liked that you felt like that? and Or then if they changed you who and why. And then we say the same, you know what I, I spent the day with Jill at work and we know she's a little bit more of a Donald duck. (laughs) So I'm not feeling very Minnie Mouse at the moment. I'm kind of feeling a little bit more goofy, you know, like whatever, Mm. whatever way you can get it to work with the kids. It's a great way for them to feel also that they're aware of your energy, Mm -hmm. which means that as the relationship grows, as the child grows, that bond between the parent and the child has a much more substantial foundation energetically. So you'll be able to read each other quite well. You'll know when something's not right and you'll be, you'll want to reach out and they will want to reach out to you too. Mm -hmm. And it won't be so hard for them to speak because they've been doing it for a long time now and they know that it feels good to do so.
0: It sounds perfect. Um, I probably should have asked you ahead of recording, but um you're talking about the children it's reminded me of a book you wrote a children's book do you still is that still on your
1: website yep that's my energy bubble so that's on if you go to my website and you go to the about tab and click through you'll see my energy bubble there it's just a pdf download for children. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, it's for children. Um, well, it's for anyone. but <laughs> For parents, it really helps you understand yep. how to how to understand it in very simple child ways but how to articulate it to your child as well.
0: No, it would be really useful if anybody has their interest piqued by anything we've talked about, especially to do with children or empaths in general, you've got some really nice resources on your website, the book, and then you've also got an empath workshop that i
1: converted into yeah you did a file yep so that's there too yeah so um yeah so maybe for anyone that's listening if you're interested the my energy bubble is free but the empath the empowered empath guide um i think i don't even know how much it is it's been sitting there forever but i'll put up a 50 percent discount if everyone wants it so i will set that up and it will be live today Uh, and if you just enter the code empath and you'll just get 50% off the. That's easy to remember. (laughs) Yeah. Empath done. Um, yeah. So I hope that that cleared up empath, uh, and why it's important to be responsible with your energy. Um, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to be scared of. Once you are in control of your energy, responsible with it, you cleanse it, grounded it and protected it, um, things start to clear up. Life just becomes easier. Your day is much easier. That's great.
0: Hmm. Um, And go get some crystals. Yeah. (laughs) And then cleanse those as well. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's in the crystal
0: episode. Yeah. Tune in or Google it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Ghost story, <laughs> it is ghost, ghost story time?
1: It is a ghost story time. Do you have one to share this week, Tracy? I, I can find one in my catalogue of, <laughs> of memories. Um,
0: yeah, a ghost story would be cool. I've read a couple out, so I think it's about time that you
1: shared something.
0: Something need, more.
1: More, more, more. <laughs> we need more listeners to write more stories in, even if it's just silly and, and so simple. It just gives us something to talk about. Um, and it gives Laura a chance to talk more as well. <laughs>
0: but everybody loves hearing them. Um, we get so many messages saying, I love hearing them. So write some. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we can read about. So I remember, uh, I don't even know how old I was, probably would have been a baby about 26. And my sister bought for my birthday a uh, ghost tour, paranormal tour down at Parramatta and the boat the bus picked you up and there was heaps of people on this tour there's about 50 people on this tour my sister and I went together and it takes you all around Parramatta and all the historical sites so you'd go we started off I think we started at the oh we did a few drive-bys of houses which were pretty boring because you didn't get to go in you just sort of drove past and looked and learnt some history and things like that and then we went to the cemetery and uh very quickly that on this tour, there were a lot of uh, paranormal photographers. Hmm. So they had the cameras that would do the double exposures and do all the fancy tricks that they do. And they very quickly worked out that if they had me in a photo and took the photo, that they would see stuff in the photo. So I became this like beacon of people wanting to take photos. But all the while I was feeling the energies. And back then I wasn't aware of being able to turn it off. So I was feeling all of it, like, and I was in like a washing machine. I just wanted to vomit. It was awful. I had the worst headache. I just wanted to curl up in a ball in the middle of the cemetery and just die because I felt like shit. Oh God! Um, and so I just felt this really unease, and I'm like, I need to get out of here. And we got back on the bus. So the cemetery was a bit uneventful for me because I was like the subject of the event, and it was like this is not cool. <laughs> it doesn't sound pleasant. It either. wasn't pleasant. So then we got on the bus and we went to this place. Um, and oh god, this is like over ten years ago, so my mind's a bit, a bit foggy and rusty with where we went and what those places were called. But in Parramatta, there is um, there's Parramatta Hospital, or I think it's called, um, I think it's called. Uh, Anyway. It's a hospital? Starts with Kurt. But anyway. Um, oh, that's going to annoy me now. Anyway. So there's <laughs> Move this on. hospital that's really, 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 really old, and, and it's still active in some spaces of it. Like some parts of the hospital are still hospital, and okay, other parts right. aren't. Next to that hospital is this really, really old building that was the uh, insane asylum for women. Oh, gosh. Now, the story that the guide told us was that. Uh, When the Brits came over and first landed in Australia, the men came and they left the women and the family back in England. And when they got here, the men, they found other wives and they had other children. They had full families. And by the time their first wife and family, who were oblivious to the fact that husband and father is also husband and father to somebody else, when they arrived. How lovely for them when they arrive their husbands would deem one of the wives whichever whichever one they would choose insane takes his pick yeah and so a lot of the the women weren't insane they were just put in there because it was convenient but a lot of the children were too and so next to the mothers was the children's quarters then um We were told this story about... That's a cheery story. I know. So we were told this story about a ghost that is frequent, like most people frequently see there, which is they think it's a maid because she's all dressed in white and she walks across from from the women's building to the children's building across like this bridge and she's seen walking back and forth this bridge. So while... While we're hearing this story, I get told get back in the truck or get back in the bus. Spirit talks to you, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, get back in the bus. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why I need to get back in the bus, but and I'm just like trying to look up at the bridge to see if I could see this this maid and just see something because otherwise I was just like, this is shit. <laughs> I'm bored, but I also feel sick, so I'm not enjoying this at all. My sister's having a ball, and. I didn't see the maid, but then I saw this shadow move out the corner of my eye, my right eye. And my peripheral is where spirit always lets me know that they're there. And I sort of looked to the right as if I could have, I was trying to debunk what it was in my mind back then. I, I wanted it to be something that was real rather than be something that was paranormal, to be honest, because it was black. So at that point I'm like, if it was white, maybe I'd be okay with it, but it's black like that. That's shit scary. And then um, it. when I looked to the right, the shadow disappeared, the black shadow disappeared, but when I looked to the right, something caught my gaze, which was this little like right down on the ground against one of the brick walls in a corner was a little door, like almost like a just an under-the-house door. Okay. Like a manhole but a door. Yep. And I just kept, I was staring at this door and I couldn't, stop staring at it. I was just fixated on it. And then I started to get all of these visions, all of this information started to come through like, um, about little children, like hiding down there and, oh, wow. and looking around and, and going down there and wanting to go down there. And it was fun. They wanted to go down there. And then, um, then I kept hearing the sound of chains and bolts, like, uh, locks on doors, like being bolted and chained up and, it was making me feel strange. And there was this one little boy that would have been about three or four that really captured my, my attention. And he was very cheeky, but at the same time, he had so much pain in his eyes. Like he was so sad. So I was obsessed with this and everyone gets back on the bus and they've all got these photos. They reckon they saw the lady in white and all this stuff. And the photographers are going bananas with all the stuff that they've captured. And I'm just sitting there thinking, man, that was intense. So I went up to the tour guide at the front of the bus and I just said, hey, I'm a medium. I've received this information. Has anyone else had, had similar? And have you ever heard anyone that's a medium talk about this? And they said, actually, it's really interesting that you say that and we're not going to spoil it for you, but when you get home, Google, and I can't remember what he called it, but it was something along the lines of Parramatta Boys Home or something like that. But the story goes that the... The house that was on the left that housed the children was unisex and it got so overflown, over, sorry, over... Full? Overf- overflown?
0: Overflowing. Overflowing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we
1: got it. Um, and there were more women being admitted as well. That They needed to take the building. So they made it a women's and girls' institution and the boys got taken to a separate location and we went and visited that later on. But before uh, this happened, the boys and girls were together. And most of the history, like even on the tour, the history, the tour guide said that it was the girls' and the mothers' home. They didn't say anything about boys. So I was really curious as why I kept seeing boys and girls and why one boy was really capturing my attention. So in all of my research, a bit of of an Alice in Wonderland night, like I was buzzing when I got home. I'm like, oh, my God, investigate, investigate. I think so it, my eyes right now are bugging out of their head. So it turns out that, uh, that there are stories of a matron that was um, like a – she was a softie. She she felt so sorry for the children and she would hide down in that door and she would give them sweets and biscuits and that was the only time they would ever get sweets and biscuits. So it was just this place where, where um, – that was secret. It was – the kids just knew it was a secret – um but then all of the boys got taken and they were taken from their sisters and their mums and the boys were taken from this lady with the sweets and then they went to this boys home and at the boys home the history of what happened there is disgusting like it is it's just abhorrent like it, it I can't even begin to go there sure Um, but it made sense for me because this little boy was there and I'm thinking, no, this wasn't just a girl's home. Like no way there were boys here. I can hear them and I can sense them and I can see them. I can smell them. Mm. Um, so that was really cool. And I was fascinated with that for, That for quite a while. Did you go back ever? I've never been back. I would, I would. Um, but yeah. Why was spirit telling you to get back on the bus? Uh, it was probably the people. So uh, the 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 vibration of the humans that were in the tour, it was probably getting too much for me. It probably had nothing oh, to do okay. with the right. location and spirit. It was probably more get back on the bus because they're probably going to start wanting taking photos of you again. Oh, they wanted to separate you a bit. Okay, I think so. Sure. It's all the spirit will only ever tell me things to protect me. So I, my rhyme and reason would assume that it was to protect me from having the same situation as I did at the graveyard.
0: Yep. And the shadow to your right. I don't know what that was. I
1: still don't know what it was. Separate. Separate.
0: It was only after that that your attention was drawn to the to little the boy. little doorway. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, mm-hmm. that was a wonderful
1: story, Tracy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Thanks Uh, for sharing. I don't know if anyone ever caught the photos though, like if anyone was ever able to capture anything because I just went dead quiet on the bus. I was like... It was before we had smartphones where we could Google on our phones. Yeah. And I was just like counting down the time. It's like, when is this tour finished? Can I just get off? <laughs> and then my sister's asking me a million and one questions. Aren't you enjoying the tour? Like, why aren't you, why are you on the bus? And are you feeling okay? And. Oh, you poor sister. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, but yeah, Paramount is, Paramount has a lot of activity. Okay. Uh, and it's an interesting place to go to. I would definitely do it again. Let's put it on our list of things to do. Yeah. And (laughs) my maternal grandfather was the commissioner of Parramatta Jail. And so I'm waiting for some Parramatta Jail tours to be available for paranormal investigation. Because growing up, when I was little, he kept an album or a stash more likely, or both, Uh, of polaroid pictures of prisoners who had died in custody and some of these prisoners had been killed by other prisoners some of them had killed themselves uh, and some of them had been killed in riots or rioting Uh, and some of the wardens had died from the riots and from the prisoners and my pop was responsible for a lot of a lot of horrible stuff that went down there just to you know old practices back in those days and um I could imagine that there would be some pretty angry spirits and sensing having that relation to that uh, that powerful energy that now they have, there are no shackles and chains and cells keeping them from saying what they want to say. Hey. Uh, so I've always been, uh, I guess, a little kind of, excited but nervous at the same time, but not nervous enough to not go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I'd want to run a mile. Well, I will never stay there the night. I could never stay there. I think that I probably wouldn't come out alive. Like who knows what would happen. Um I'd probably just go insane, I think. kill myself more than anything oh my gosh you just get locked up (laughs) yeah probably i go to the ladies the ladies place down the road where they lock up the wives sorry matt (laughs) (laughs) you can go and choose another wife he would choose you (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah, so I would like to do that. And then very soon you and I are going to be doing our own little investigation of a known haunted location very close to here that I'm making undisclosed at the moment uh, because I don't have permission yet from the owners to be able to talk about it on the podcast. But my intention is to get that permission to talk about on the podcast. You've hardly talked to me about it. I know. (laughs) I'm just sending a text going, hey, you want to come check out a ghost? (laughs) I was like, sure. Sure, I'll wear an nappy <laughs> I did. That's exactly what I wrote. Exactly what you said. <laughs> uh yeah, so we will uh Laura will be able to have her own little oh my gosh. ghost story to tell, I think. I hope so. <laughs> you know so. I know so. <laughs> I wouldn't have asked you otherwise. That's not scary at all. <laughs> I've heard they like brunettes. Stop it.
0: I'm dyeing my hair tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. I hope you're not as weirded out as I am right now. (laughs) Talk to you later.